So welcome back to yet another episode of the For Dog's Sake podcast. As always, you've got myself here, Louise Campbell-Pearson, founder of Canine Friends. And Jay Gurdon, uh, who runs Good Guardianship and founder of Blue Mill Minion. We've got a fantastic episode today, which is called Kids Around Dogs. Now it really does say what it says on the tin. And that leads me on nicely to introduce our guest today, who is Debbie Luckin, the founder of Kids Around Dogs. Debbie, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yes, I am a dog trainer with the IMDT and a dog behaviorist with the ISCP and founder of, of Kids Around Dogs. Um, I am a mom of uh, humans and non-humans. <laughs> <laughs> My human uh, girl is Molly and she's 11 years old and uh, my furry babies are Wilco the pug who is eight and a half going like 300 because he's such a grumpy old man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Winnie the gold retriever she's five and she's fabulous and uh, uh, Mario the cat who just uh, hates everyone. (laughs) <laughs> if you go and, and give him a cuddle he literally he, he licks himself after you left going oh that's disgusting why did you touch me <laughs> how dare you oh, we actually so brought up cats in another episode and we were just like <laughs> cats are plotting like the world takeover <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> oh so yeah so tell us a little bit about your your business what it does what you do so kids are on dogs is an association of professionals and we are everywhere in the UK, but we also um, have uh, professionals in Canada, the US and Ireland. And uh, we, the, the, the aim of Kids Around Dogs is to work with families and schools to help children and dog to live happily together. Uh, having said that, that doesn't mean that we only work with families who have dogs. Um, they can just, uh, or they have children, <laughs> so they can have dogs and not children or have children and not dogs, but wanting to mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that human side or the doggy side of things are all covered. So the children know how to um, read canine body language, for example, how to recognize when a dog might not like a certain situation or uh, might not like being cuddled, for example, or petted. Um, at the same time, they would, uh, uh, they would be able to spot um, maybe a dog that is doing something in particular and it shouldn't be disturbed during that time. Say a dog is having dinner, for example, they should just leave a dog alone while he's eating or while he's sleeping. So through our education, we aim to teach children and some grown-ups too <laughs> about, these, uh, <laughs> about these things. Um, similarly, then we, we help dogs who might not have been um, brought up around children, so they might not know what those things are <laughs> and so we help uh, with that as well uh, and as mentioned we went to schools so we we have uh, school visits and at the end of the summer we are going to be launching the new school dog uh, course uh, we have noticed so many more um, school dogs um, which is great we love dogs in school they can help children who are uh, anxious or they have uh, other problems uh, or they might not like reading for example and uh, it's great to read to dogs because they don't judge um <laughs> and they enjoy it too um so great to have a school dogs but we have noticed that uh too many school dogs are just literally someone owns a dog within the school say a teacher owns a dog and they go that's it ah oh, my dog is brilliant he can be a school dog 
and they just bring him in with no really thought behind how much uh, how much a dog is expected to do in schools and how tiring that can be and how difficult it can be for the children as well. So the aim of our um, new course is to exactly help with that uh, department in particular. It's so full on for dogs Mm. expecting them to go into that environment. I mean, I find it full on (laughs) as a 31-year-old woman, (laughs) let alone like a dog who doesn't understand why they're suddenly in this situation with strange things running around poking yeah them. yeah exactly and they're very noisy kids you know they mm. they're excited and to be fair you know especially a school they're expected to be seated at their chair for like hours and they have those very small time for breaks so when that happens all that energy has to be released doesn't it and so mm. they might run they might scream they might they might shout they might they might cry there's all sorts of things um, they might be physically, uh, you know, quite active. And I mean, I can only imagine how weird that must be for a dog to see if, if they've never experienced it before. Yeah, yeah, they're very thing. sort of unpredictable, yeah, aren't they, kids, be. in how they move. Absolutely. That's yeah. so funny. I was literally, that's literally <laughs> the words. You took the words out of my mouth. That's the thing with, with the, uh, children. They're unpredictable. Um, and I think that's what a lot of dogs find unsettling. Mm. And I think the fact that kids, yeah, their, their unpredictability comes from the fact that there is very little to no filter. And that's why also there is that honesty in kids. Is that they just tell you what they're thinking without thinking. Brutal, yeah, yeah, yeah. brutal, brutal honesty. honesty. I mean, sometimes it like cuts you deep, yeah, doesn't it? Does. it? <laughs> Do I look good in this? No, no, no you don't. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Thank you. I literally <laughs> adjusted a haircut last week. I went to the school because I'm feeling quite happy about myself. Oh, finally shorter. Molly came out. I don't like your haircut, mommy. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and me wear a hat Dang it to yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much lovely to see you too <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go cry and yeah, coffee exactly. <laughs> the dogs liked it no. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's another thing with dogs you like this don't you yes, love it yes, you. I love everything about just, you just give me yeah. the treat <laughs> yeah snod if you like it with yeah, yeah, yeah. treat you know <laughs> I swear my dog just knows me as treat lady. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Treat dispenser. <laughs> yeah. Bring her a food. <laughs> like that. No, no, no. You're 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 bribing your dogs. You're a cookie pusher. <laughs> so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I just roll. I'm just a fluffy cookie pusher. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> anyway, back to kids and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Back to kids and dogs. So yeah, um, that uh, they they have very little to no filter, and that also means that they might appear, you know, unpredictable. But some things you can, you know, you can predict effectively. Um, like I said, the fact that they need to stay at their desk and be quiet and do their work for quite a long time, um, it's you know, it's exhausting for us as well, and we might release that kind of stress in different ways like have a little play with our dogs <laughs> but you know for kids they're just sitting there and then they go right okay now I can go out and I can run around with my friends I can you know I can shout at them I can scream at them I can uh you know play whatever you know whatever exactly your haircut looks bad whatever they want you know yeah exactly <laughs> 
that, you know that's a, speaking again on that on that uh the day well every day actually um i do the school pickup generally and uh when i am at the school pickup i really see kids exploding out of the gate and that that you can predict right okay they've been you know they've been studying all day they're tired um they're probably hungry as well because like three-thirds is like ravenous lions and you see still a lot of dogs at the school gate, literally really close to the entrance. Mm-hmm. And you can see the stress in the dogs, even though they know the kids, you know, oh, finally, my little human is coming home. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, not again, <laughs> whichever. But you see the stress because it's not just their humans that they know very well that is coming out of school. It's the other 700 with them. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Uh, to be fair, I'd find that alarming, 700 children. Absolutely. I know, right? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. abort mission, get me out. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> oh, you know, I see it all the time. Such a common, common thing. And it's not just dogs outside schools. It's just dogs in a situation, right? Say the family are at the park, the dog is on a lead, the children's in the playground, they run out, they run up to their dog, they hug this dog with all this force, like they run straight off. And what I see is the dog's ears go back, the whites of their Mm. eyes show, facial tension, rigid body, and you can see them slowly relax when the kid runs away again. And actually this dog is is just frozen in Mm -hmm. fear in this moment because it's too much. And a lot of people see that as submissive in inverted commas mm. you know we know we all know yeah. about that all or they see it as as the dog being yeah. with it because they're not yeah. moving away yeah, yeah. yeah. they're not yeah they're not, or they're yeah. not growling My, you know they then then that automatically that sees the dog it's fine and of course this isn't in every case some dogs can learn to like those kind of interactions but more often than not I often see a dog that's actually pretty uncomfortable in that because it's very restrictive and they have no say in that interaction there and also when you think about again you know to take your example because it's a brilliant example um and when kids are in a playground what are they doing they're running around they're just really building Mm. up their energy and sometimes you see them coming out just so kids they can hug the the dog or or maybe they want a little bit of water but the dog is there so yeah and that excitement is is a child thing and it's brilliant to see you know I love that kids can be kids it's fantastic um but at the same time they they're them um flushing all that energy towards the dog is really not not good and they do it to parents as well or to their sibling like oh I love you very much and off they go they carry on whatever it is that they were doing and you do see some traumatized parents as well so it's not just the dog (laughs) the fact that children are children with everyone um it can kind of help us to to sympathize with dogs more can we we can see, <laughs> we yeah. can understand what that feels like. One of my dogs many years ago, one of my working dogs, adored children. I mean, she loved children. Now, me and kids, we have a great relationship as long as there's sufficient distance. That half a mile usually does. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I feel like our target audience in this episode <laughs> yeah. is, 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 is going to be. This is very much a personal note. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> this, uh, this was many years ago. I was quite a lot younger then, and I really wasn't comfortable yeah. around kids. Um, so we took Dylan was she was actually one of these dogs that that loves attention. She loved hugs. Um, we took her to a big county show, and she towed me round that showground and up to every single pushchair. 
on the showground. Brilliant. She insisted on going and saying hello to the children. <laughs> I bet you loved that every single bit of it. Yeah. Mm. It's quite interesting explaining to parents why your border collie is trying to climb into their child's push. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And also on the flip side, not every no, child, child likes exactly. dogs yeah. as well. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, this is where obviously the relationship so important and and it really children's relationship with dogs shapes how they're going to be when they're mm, older absolutely. um and if they end up owning dogs or being dog guardians whatever you like to call it um you know it will very much shape how they view um the canine human relationship based on their experiences when they're younger but in fact it can help even more than that because it can really help them with empathy and that's not just empathy towards dogs but all animals and individuals or people as well um, even themselves uh, so it's, if we can teach children to um, to be mindful of how a dog might be feeling uh, that can also help them to be mindful of other people, of their friends, their family, uh, strangers, and other animals too, even insects, you know, all sorts of things. Um, so it, it is important. And to just go back to what uh, Jay was saying um, of your uh, colleague going to say hello to everyone. <laughs> um, very sweet of your colleague, you know, really, really sweet thing. But yeah, uh, it, it might, you know, that's, that's the teaching part on the dogs that, I, I love that you love everyone and everything is, you know, brilliant. Thank God you don't want to eat them all. But, <laughs> but at the same time, there might be issue. Um, you know, if you have a dog that is sniffing into a pram or, or a pusher, then, you know, there might be a problem there. You know, a parent might have a problem with it. A child might, might be scared. Um, they might be eating something that is actually dangerous for the dog. What if they give them to the dog as to say, there you go, you have it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there are a few a few issues to, to be considered. Yes, I, I should point out we did do some training after that on, on oh, some yeah, impulse yeah, control yeah. and not saying hello to everybody. Maybe we ought to take this under control. Yeah. The thing is as well, sometimes, and I'm sure there'll be other um, dog parents um, who have dogs like this. You know, in a way, I, I kind of rather work with those dogs than the ones that don't like kids, you know. Um, but there, I'm sure there are a lot of dog parents out there thinking, oh, my dog loves children. I always let them go and say hi to kids. But is it always appropriate? You know, it's not, it might not be the case, especially if a child, you know, might be scared of dogs. Um, that might be way too much to take. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of the same really, isn't it? As, as we try and educate people that they ought to ask if they can say hello to the dog, then we also ought mm. to be asking, you know, is it okay for our dogs to come and say hello to your kids? Yeah, it's exactly that. Honestly, Jay and I are becoming one mind because in my head I just went, you know what we should talk about? You know, making sure kids are asking to to, 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 to say hello to the dog. She just said it. <laughs> just subliminal messaging through Zoom. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit scared of you too. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. It is, yeah, yeah. One of my pet peeves is anyone adult or child coming up and stroking my dog without asking because her Luna is a complex little cocker spaniel she's only nine and a half months um, she's on fluoxetine for anxiety she loves everyone apart from when she gets scared and her fear is still a little unpredictable um, and it, she only ever gives a fear response of retreat flight however I can't always guarantee when that's going to happen or not yet. She's still figuring that out, right, as she's growing. 
but so because she's she's really beautiful she's a really unusual looking she is, she's gorgeous she's, I'm, I'm not, oh. everyone always stops me and asks what breed she is and with that comes everyone coming up and saying hello to her now when she was younger it promoted her lead pulling because she'd go like that and I'd be like no no please don't stroke her because I want her to get used to passing people Mm -hmm. and on the flip side uh, as she got into her secondary fear phase it sometimes um, promoted that fear or made it worse because some scary person was coming up and just shoving their hand in her Mm -hmm. face and she didn't like it Um, and it's something that both adults and kids do and I just think and my mum taught me from a really 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 young age because my mum had horses she was a sports riding instructor I've been around animals my whole life she was like you always ask if you can stroke someone's dog and it winds me up when people don't and 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 I would worry if a child did wasn't taught that and then therefore stroked it off and got bitten as a result the dog would then suffer even though the child wasn't really doing anything wrong because they're a child but they should have been taught that they shouldn't do that if that makes sense absolutely yeah 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 I completely agree and and what I um, often like as well is that the, the child asks the um pet pet the dog parent and the dog parent were well we need to ask the yes. dog I love that because <laughs> <laughs> it's a double teaching then to the kids yeah you can ask me which is very polite and then let's ask a dog how he or she might be feeling about that and that is brilliant yeah. Yeah, I think my my biggest thing, I, if, I, if you take one thing away from me anyway, I'm not the expert, but if you take one thing away from listening to this, please teach your children to, to ask someone if they can stroke their dog. That's at a minimum what you should yeah, be kind of yeah. aiming for, um, like because it will protect both the, the dog and your child. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's, you know, it, it and it creates a better bond overall in the end if, if it's kind of cooperative experiences with each other absolutely and I think as well they should do some rehearsing even before so say right oh I want to I want to stroke that dog the child says I want to stroke that dog then practice say okay then go to the uh, the human with the dog and say can I please pet your dog can I see can I please cuddle your dog whatever uh, version they want to use and if they can rehearse before even children that might be a bit shy because very often it is also a a child that just doesn't know how to do it and they just think I can just deal with the dog the dog is not gonna talk to me kind of thing while the human will so sometimes you just don't know how to do it if you get to practice before they will feel a bit more um, like they can handle the situation Um, Mm -hmm. and similarly though I like to say as well that for pet parents or dog parents not to be afraid to say no don't think oh I'm gonna insult someone if they if I'm gonna upset someone if I say no, you can't pet my dog because you know your dog best. If you say no, there has to be a reason. And you can explain that reason. You can say, oh, I'd rather not because it's not very friendly with children. Or I'd rather not because it's, uh, it's not very well. Whatever the reason might be, just mm-hmm. don't be afraid to, to say it. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I used to be a dog walker and we would walk, walk some reactive dogs, I'd be like, I'm sorry, he's just a little grumpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, kind of make it a bit more, you know. Like yeah, it's hard to, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a grumpy old man. He doesn't really like people, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that rapport seems to, some people still get offended regardless, but 
Um, and I kind of, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's not that I understand it, but I can sometimes get people feel awkward why they feel embarrassed, but yeah. you don't need to feel embarrassed. No. It's okay to ask and it's okay for someone to say no. Exactly, exactly. And it's not, you know, it's it's, it's a bit, same same things was for children, to be fair. Um, I was just thinking the other day something, one of my friends has, has had a baby, I think uh, the baby's now maybe five months old, something like this, maybe a bit younger. And uh, let's just call her Debbie Molly. Because <laughs> I, I asked her, when she was deciding for the name, I was like, you should call her Debbie Molly. It's a brilliant name. But they went for something else instead. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I shall let that one pass. <laughs> I hate the fact that they haven't called her that. <laughs> so when I, when I see Debbie Molly, and I don't see her very often, you know, life is busy and all that. So while when I see her, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Debbie Molly. I'm all excited. She doesn't even know who Debbie Molly is. But <laughs> I'm like all excited. Oh my gosh, it's Debbie Molly. And I, you know, I smile and I'm like, hello, darling. And she looks at me and she goes, not a recollection of who you are. <laughs> you know, I've seen you a couple of weeks ago, but babies, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're developing and everything. They're too busy to, to remember me. So she looks at me like with that face, like what? with 300 chins and he's all cute, he's all chubby. And I really want to just pick it up and give it a lovely cuddle and 3000 squeezes. And I know that I can't because she will cry. She doesn't, you know, I'm not her mom. If I pick her up from her mom's arms and I give her a big cuddle and kisses, she will cry for sure. She goes, and who are you exactly you know yeah. what, how dare you sorry just kissing me and cuddling me and and all that with your like big face on my face and we know that we know that quite well about kids so they will cry and you go, oh God, there you go have her back oh what a grumpy child it's not a grumpy child it's just she doesn't know me well enough to be super happy to see me and uh, and for me to go all nuts on her because I'm happy to see her I know I'll keep her safe I know that it comes from love but she doesn't and why should she <laughs> at this age? Um, so we expect that from kids in a way. You know, we know, oh, the child's going to cry. Um, and very often still when the child, when the baby cries, you go, oh, that's a grumpy child. There you go. Have it back. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. Good. Nappy is that. You know, we, we uh, as humans, we can maybe relate more to some things and to some uh, uh, reaction or to certain behaviors. Um, and that's why, again, the education of uh, of dogs and understanding dogs and and even basic basic uh, dogs communication and signals can really go a long way. No one expects everyone to just turn into you know dog experts overnight. No one expects that, but a little bit of knowledge could really go a long way. Definitely. I mean, to be honest, while we're on the topic of babies. Could you give our listeners some top tips of how to introduce a dog to a baby? Let's say perhaps you'll bring your own baby home from the hospital and you've got a dog at home. What, what would you say are your top tips on how to introduce that dog to it's this new situation? So the first thing I would say, and I say that to every uh, pet parent that have, have children already in the home or welcoming a child, or a dog is to make sure that your house is ready. So that means have stair gates, have a play pens, see the logistic of the house and see what works best. Uh, maybe a crate as well. Personally, I don't have crates, but they have you know lots of advantages. 
Um, I just see that sometimes crates are overused uh, or with kids around the home, um, uh, often the, the dog just end up sitting in the crate and the baby or uh, the child is all around the crate, with, which can be very, very stressful for dogs. So don't always, always recommend a crate, but baby gates or, um, uh, or uh, stair gates are really good. On that, for instance, you would have your baby with you. Um, uh, make sure that it's not, you're not pushing the baby into the dog. <laughs> so you're not picking up the baby and go, there you go, there you go, dog, that's a baby. <laughs> do not mm -hmm. do that. Um, let the dog come to you, right? And be sure to be between the baby and the dog. So again, you wouldn't have, for instance, your baby on your lap and the dog sniffing him. Uh, you would have... Uh, say you're picking up the baby and you would be kind of like a shield between the two but let the dog have a sniff and uh, make sure that the dog knows that there is nothing uh, weird about the baby uh, have some treat to reward the dog possibly on the floor when uh, when there is a, a good and positive sniff to the babies so the dog is just curious or relaxed then um, the positive association there with a treat uh, or something else uh, like a cuddle if they prefer it um, when, uh, when there has been uh, you know, a, a nice interaction. Keep them short as well. Don't stay there uh, too long as things can change and then the baby can also start maybe crying or maybe they do something in their nappy, which can be also you know, different kind of smell for the dog as well. Um, make sure that the dog is also being prepared beforehand. Um, if you are naturally expecting, you know, that you have 42 weeks to, uh, you know, to prepare your dog. Uh, if you are adopting, even before you start the process of, adopt, of adoption, which can take quite a while, get your dog ready beforehand. And uh, uh, you might have heard of this before and it might sound silly, but it does, you know, it does the trick. Um, have a doll. Not a Barbie, something a bit bigger than that. <laughs> have a doll. And actually, you laugh, but I told one of my clients, use a doll and uh, put like a towel around the dog, the doll, and put the doll in the pram, you know, get the dog also used to this kind of movement. Put the doll in the cot that you're going to have, that you're going to use when the baby actually come. And they didn't have a doll, so they used a Pikachu plushie. <laughs> Pikachu plushie with blanket. It was hilarious. They said, does that, is that going to work? Well, I guess. <laughs> the, the, dogs, the dog's ready if Pikachu comes home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Um, prepare them for noises as well. The crying, even the giggles and the eh, 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 noise that the baby make. A baby's really good sounds on Spotify now. Baby yeah. sounds, baby noises. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can literally just play it in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Having a background. My advice would be um, that when you play those noises, try not to do it when you're maybe have like a rough and tumble with your dog. Uh, something calming. Maybe you're having a cuddle on the sofa, for example, and it's calming and it's nice. Then play well, it then. they've got a chew or but something they're, yeah, which they're yeah, enjoying. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, uh, they don't get excited when they hear. So it's not a sensation I'm going bonkers when I hear these noises, but it's calming and, you know, nothing happens and everything is relaxing uh, around those noises. So I'd say as a first thing, yes, uh, those would be my first. That's really great. And I'm sure that's going to be really helpful to some of our listeners. I think as well, from a dog training perspective for me, um, actually 
work on law loosely walking with a pram mm. because a lot of the times people forget that yeah. and suddenly they're informed from walking the dog just the two of them or maybe as a couple with the other half um to having this push chair or mm. pram yeah. and the dog's now expected to walk along this big scary thing perhaps you know uh, if I was a chihuahua, I'd probably find that quite scary when yeah. the wheel was bigger than me. Um, <laughs> equally, you could have a great day and it doesn't like it. But, you know, some desensitize your dog um, to to actually what's going to be like expected of them as well. Yeah. Put the, the, if they sit on the back seat with the seatbelt harness, put the, the car seat in there so they get used to it. Just, mm. you know, preparation is key a lot of the time I find and I'm not a specialist in this area but when people do come to me it is not too late but it is later than I would have liked the baby's home we've got a problem and we're trying to fix it prevent prevention is far 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 better than cure in this situation particularly when you've got a baby involved yeah especially because you know when when you're pregnant especially towards the end of pregnancy it does get hard like walking is challenging and you, I mean you literally go to the toilet every five minutes because the blood are just <laughs> the baby just pushing it all <laughs> and uh, and say that then you had the baby or whether you had a c-section or natural birth the body has gone to something massive so it does take a little bit of time to to recover with a c-section even more because obviously there has been a cap in you know in your body so uh it needs time to heal uh so for instance even picking stuff up is it can be quite risky you shouldn't do it um so all those things that as soon as you had your baby you need to be prepared not to be able to do right away or that you might struggle doing or you might need help doing so if the dog is also an extra factor on top of all the problems you're already having so life becomes even more challenging doesn't it it can be quite even risky at a certain point or stressful and and it's a stress that you could just take away beforehand and sort it before yeah um, everything else definitely well, i wanted to say something about the car um this is something i i see a little bit often so it, um, but it's a good point you mentioned um if your dog say it's always it's never been used to be in the boot for example or your car just doesn't it's not practical for that and normally the dog either sits at the back or sits at the front obviously make sure they have a seat belt that is properly attached um but if your dog sits at the back for example and you're planning to have on having your baby in the proper car seat um at the back as well then you would have to have someone sitting between them you can't you can't risk having the baby and the dog alone mm. at the back not only uh, you won't be able to actively supervising because you're driving um but if there is some problems or something you can't you know you're effectively risking an accident to stop what's happening behind you which you probably won't be able to do and you know the consequence can be uh, like the terrible yeah so i would suggest that either uh, the dog at the front passenger seat, again, make sure they have this proper seat belt uh, so that they're safe. Anything were to happen is there. Uh, the other option, which I used myself before when uh, Molly was little, uh, the car seat turn backwards. So the baby seat, the baby car seat turn backwards. So the baby effectively faces the back of the, of the seat <laughs> and she was sitting next to me. 
and then the dog behind. Um, and that's also fine. And then the baby is safe as well in case you have, um, uh, in case there is something. And make sure, if that's the case as well, that you turn off the airbag of the passenger seat. Just about to say that. goes off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Extremely yeah. dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in that case, with the baby next to you as well, um, when, and the baby facing effectively the, you know, the, the uh, seat there, if it's very sunny, um, very often we don't think about that, but the baby would be lower. So the sun would be right in his eyes. It's really annoying, isn't it? And they can't even turn around because they're in the car seat. So if he's faced the other way, that won't happen. And you can, you know, you can drive, obviously be careful, but you can also touch the baby or give them something to make sure they're happy. Um, so that way works uh, really well and it's still within the law. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. And same goes with the dog. So if you prefer having the child behind the, at the back and having the dog next to you, you know, same thing, as long as the dog is safe and secure. Um, I literally have one of those um, um, uh, uh, car seat that, um, or actually seat belt that plugs into the normal seat belt of our car and then uh, is attached to the harness of the dog. So it's, yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, it, yeah. it serves as a, as a um, effectively as a seat belt then. Or train your dog, again, if the car allows it and space allows it and stuff, to uh, be happy in the boot. Uh, yeah, and don't says, just yeah. expect the dog to go on the no. boot the day the dog, puppy, puppy? <laughs> baby, <laughs> the day the baby comes home. I know, it does, doesn't it? Oh, that's insightful. Um, but the day the baby comes home, <laughs> don't put the dog in the boot then. Yeah. Get them acclimatised it in it in the months before so that it's yeah. something they're used to and comfortable because you don't want a screaming newborn and a screaming dog in the boot yeah. Yeah, exactly. because that's dangerous, actually, yeah. um, because you're going to be distracted. Yeah. Um, but I think they're absolutely wonderful tips because it's a really, really common thing that we get asked. Oh, yeah. um, and I think on the flip side, my next question would be, which I get asked a lot, is how best to introduce puppies to children and vice versa. So instead of the baby human, we've got the baby dog. <laughs> um, and we get asked, I get asked that a lot and, and I do a lot of puppy training. It's kind of one of my specialty, specialty areas along with separation anxiety. So um, I would love to know your top tips for that. So first of all, and this is something I see so often, make sure that if your children are asking for a puppy, you're not adopting a puppy because the children want to. This is so important. I know it's not exactly the answer to your question, but I see that so, so often. So as a first thing, please, 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 if you're, even if your children are crying and you know desperate for a puppy, please be mindful that you are uh, adopting a living creature, someone who has feeling and opinion and needs and wants. So please don't just adopt a, pup a puppy because the children have insisted on it. Um, so make and sure you're going to be the one that ends up. Yeah. You're going to be the one that ends up looking after. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're absolutely. really hard work. They really are. Work. They are. And the novelty, those were off. You know, those were off, and there'll be other things that kids are into. So if you just get a puppy as you would get a new pair of shoes, because the child, the children are asking for a new pair of shoes, then mm, not, not a good plan. But said everything is well, and everyone is on board and having a dog. There is no fear of dogs in the home. Um, Everyone is happy to to uh, to get a dog. 
make sure you do your researches as well, you know, reputable breeders, health, uh, trait of the dogs as well. Um, you've done all that and you're finally ready to have your doggy home. Um, make sure that you go with your children also to visit the dogs before you take them home. So that is not like a surprise. There you go. Surprise. There is a puppy. Uh, the dogs, the dogs, the children, <laughs> whatever you don't do. <laughs> yeah, they are one now. They've become yeah, one, they become one, one thing. <laughs> The um the children should be absolutely involved in in you know in the um uh, meeting the dog in in kind of not choosing the dog if you know what I mean but there is that selection at some point I always think that the dog chooses us uh, but it's important for the kids to be involved so that when the puppies finally you know it's the day that they are taking him home the children will be excited no doubt but they would be even more so if it's a surprise or if it's you know you haven't met him yet but there he is. It's, it's even more so. So help them by <laughs> tuning it down maybe a little bit and get the kids involved in preparing the house. So having the playpen, for example, what should the dog be? Or we can have him here, can have him there and so on. Um, then uh, they, they uh, go and pick up the dog if possible. Again, logistically, go and pick up the dog with the kids, you know, have the kids come with you. Uh, that way, again, yeah, they will be excited, but a bit, you know, less so again as as the day goes by, as they drive home and all that. Um, then let the, uh, the 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 dog have a look at the house. So what you can ask the children is to turn into little uh, uh, real estate agent, and you go right. Okay, now you're going to show the home this open house to the puppy, so the puppy knows where the garden is. Uh, where so they can go their business and this is where the water is and this is where uh, bed is and all that kind of stuff and the dog and the children can be little uh, uh, real estate agents for the for the puppy and then when it's um, meal time the children are little chef and they are helping uh, with the menu what are we giving to dinner tonight and at the beginning it's always the same thing so oh <laughs> so very very but um, someone is going to be in charge of giving some fresh water to the doggy, and uh, someone's going to be in charge of writing the menu for the week for the doggy or draw it in or color it in if they're little. Um, and who's going to be in charge of weighing how much food we can give or um, where the football is going to be, that kind of things. So they are all little things that children can be involved with, and that helps as well with that excitement there for the dogs. They got something to do. To give them a job to do that is still dog related, completely dog related, but it doesn't mean attacking the dog <laughs> left and center. Um, make sure that the kids also have chosen the toys to give to dogs, uh, point them in the right direction. So like uh, tag toys, for example, with long longer uh, handler are best. So Insert tugging off. <laughs> yeah, a little tugging. I didn't know if I could to say the no, name. No, yeah, we're yeah, both yeah. tugging off partners, so yeah, go for All it. All right, okay, okay, brilliant. So yeah, tugging off uh, from me as well. Uh, that way the child can hold, you know, the end of the handle, the long uh, toy, and the dog goes to the fluffy bit or, you know, whichever bit you got. Uh, but that way there is a nice distance between the hands of the child. And the bite area. And the, yeah, yeah. So that's nice and safe. And again, the kids can be completely involved with the dog, completely involved, but safely there. And yeah, I, uh, I always recommend those toys oh, actually, with my clients that want have children and want to have them interaction because you've got that length yeah. between. Yeah, you know, the long handle chasers are just perfect yeah. for that, aren't they? 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, um, the other thing as well is puppies need, as you know, a lot of rest. And that is probably the most difficult thing because the children will be so excited. Oh, we're going to play with the puppy all the time. You can't, you can't sleep, puppy. You can never sleep. Uh, so maybe they can help them by preparing the bed for the doggy. Oh, where is the bed going to be? Oh, it's there. Oh, should we have a little blanket? Should the blanket be, I don't know, purple because it's the favorite color of uh, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Debbie. <laughs> so you know you can make that really pretty and the children are prepared the bedroom for the dog and they can maybe step aside and maybe sing a little lullaby to the dog you know very uh, sweet and and um, and soft lullaby for the dog um, and while the dog is asleep, they can do a drawing competition. Let's draw a portrait of the dog. Or let's go and prepare the menu for the next meal the dog is going to eat. Uh, help them to maybe um, make sure that, I don't know, the um, uh, uh, poo bags are all ready for the next time we're going to take the doggy out. Things all like I'm this. hearing is like, let's train the kids to do it all for <laughs> us. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so exactly. Like, this, this, they can feed them. They can not actually yeah. give them the food, it's, but you know, yeah. like it's not, and it's not child slavery. Okay, yeah. we are education. <laughs> we're educating the children. And if no, 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 no. I'm time, fine. I'm, this is great. I might have kids yeah. now. <laughs> and if in that time they can squeeze to wash the car as well, I don't yeah. see what the problem is. <laughs> Clean the toilet. Clean the toilet. I really yeah, don't see you. where the problem is. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, those are absolutely great tips for having them involved, but in in a safe way that's mm. not going to cause upset either to child or dog. Those are really, really, really good tips. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a really, really good saying, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. And it's, it's a saying for a reason. Um, this applies to human, uh, humans, adults and babies and children of all ages. You know, if the dog is asleep and you go and touch your dog, to, you know, you go and try and cuddle them. Yeah. You know, it is a reasonable response, actually, to growl. And yeah. a lot of people then tell their dogs off as a result. But, you know, equally, you shouldn't be scared to ever move your dog if they're asleep or in the wrong area, for example. But that's something that an adult always does, never, ever a child. Mm -hmm. If you're ever, um, you know, if you're training with certain things, and it involves giving treats directly from the hand. I mm -hmm. always personally suggest that's an adult-only job. Mm -hmm. um, if you are um, doing something like recall, that's great with the kids, but throw the treat mm -hmm. on the ground, mm -hmm. not from the, the hand, because puppies are naturally mouthy. Um, they've got razor-sharp yeah. teeth, they're little land sharks, and they may well accidentally nip the child's hand, not in any form of aggression, just mm. by trying to grab the tree. And children naturally will react quite uh, loudly to that, scream, probably throw their hands up. That can then be startling for the puppy. So mm. you basically had a negative interaction for both ends of this relationship the child feels like they were bitten and it's something that was scary for them and they've been hurt and the puppy was scared because the child then you know erupted up maybe the child even pushed the puppy away yeah. well, you know you don't know like it, it's all of these things are leaving yourself open to negative interactions which we want to protect as much as we can we want to minimize any negative interactions for either party at all costs because yeah. then 
the dog or the puppy will learn the children are okay and and a good thing and the the children will learn that dogs aren't scary and are something to respect Mm -hmm. also you know by throwing the food on the floor as we know like puppies can get excited and they might jump up as well so if the food is up here you give them an extra reason to jump so food on the floor you know you might also help uh, the dog to reduce that jumping up uh, desire um also Again, in that situation, the child would have, I don't know, some chicken or ham or whatever. So it's all right for the dog. But what if the dog thinks, oh, every time the kid's got something in his hand, I can just, you know, I can just help myself. Like low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily done, isn't it? Easily done. So that way we. Yeah. And we we don't want children's hands to have any negative or hands Mm. in general, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. We, hands only present positive things they're not you know hands bring good stuff but it doesn't mean that you then the puppy then treats hands as I don't know a toy or something yeah. like that yeah. it's something where you know it's I just tend to avoid anything that involves hands and puppies yeah. um particularly when it comes to children um because it just can promote that unhealthy kind of relationship yeah. yeah yeah and one thing I also see and now I'm gonna be like oh, she's a feminist it's not it's not about that but I see a lot of dads <laughs> or men in general that like to do to play a bit rough with their dog right and mm-hmm. fine and no one you know no one says anything but if you're playing rough with your dog your dog is going to be thinking this is fun we can do this and they might do it with the kids as well why can I do it with you why can I not you know, mm-hmm. why can I not do it with them? It's all fair game. So, uh, you know, a little word to, especially dads, I'm sure some moms do it too, but I see it very often in, in dads. Yeah. Um, be mindful of that. Be considerate that if you do it, you know, maybe your dog will think, oh, I can do that with anyone, children included. So maybe not too much roughness. <laughs> yeah, I d- definitely. I something I always say. I always say that. And I think another thing is to with children and dogs is a ch- never if, if a dog has something even if it's something in their mouth that they can't have it is never a child to, that that goes to remove that from the, the dog's mouth it is always an adult and if we are looking at preventing what we call as resource guarding we're actually never going to be kind of always taking things away from dogs we're always going to want to be up trading that which means you're offering something in return maybe teaching a drop in that process so that you're encouraging them to drop that item and then they get something of equal or higher value in return but that's always something that an adult does and if it is something that is dangerous to the dog then yes go in there and get that if you need to if it's something that's critically dangerous and you need to then absolutely do what you need to do however if it's something that's not going to harm your dog but isn't necessarily thing that they can have try throwing really good stuff on the floor and see if they then actually let go rather than kind of having any kind of negative interactions for your puppy or dog with something constantly being taken out of their mouth mm-hmm. because what will happen is over time they will naturally go bugger off um i don't want you to take this off and they will probably eventually growl or they may run off and hide they may even it may even seem like a game you know you go to get it off them they run around and you think oh the dog thinks it's funny right the dog is showing a really kind of actually appropriate healthy way of saying i don't want you to take this thing off of me rather than escalating it to the point of a growl but we don't want to be encouraging that at all because that is a negative interaction it's something that we never want children to be involved in yeah in fact I often use the um Chirag Patel the counting game 
because uh, that is so lovely for the kids to do as well. They, you know, uh, if they're super little, obviously they'll need helping with the counting. But if not, they can just count themselves. So that's quite good. Um, and that will reduce then the desire of children to go and get their stuff. Because very often they were if they're if it's their shoe, for example, or one of their toys, they would freak out. They go, oh my gosh, I need to have it back. And and like all reason go out the window in a way. Uh, so if we give them something like the counting game to do, uh, which I really love, then they know what to do and it does work. And you know, it's a win-win for everyone there. So talk, talk our listeners through the counting game yes. and what so, is involved in it. So uh, it was uh, designed by Chirag Patel. Um, and I know he's, he's got some uh, uh, videos on YouTube as well, I believe, or in his website. Uh, my daughter and I actually did um, a YouTube video on the, um, on the counting game. And what happens is um, it can be used as a, a recall thing as well, or to get the dog away from a certain uh, distraction or whatever. Uh, but in the case of, uh, of uh, the dog grabbing, say, a Pikachu toy, for example, <laughs> since we Pikachu's back. <laughs> Pikachu's back. <laughs> So say the dog's got the Pikachu, oh my gosh. Um, so instead of freaking out and chasing the dog around the house and you know everything just ends up in, in, in a disaster, get, go to your uh, treat jar or to the fridge and grab a bunch of treats and, um, and literally take uh, one treat at a time. And from the, uh, you stand up and put the treat on the floor. And as you put one treat on the floor, you'll count one. And then second treat on the floor, two third treat on the floor, three, and so on. Um, the dog will see that physical movement from standing up to down to the ground to put the treat down and then standing up again and then down again. And uh, it will also hear your voice and things like this. So the dog curiosity effectively will kick in. Some dogs will be faster than others. Uh, and some dogs also will be coming to you with that, with the Pikachu still in their mouth, drop the Pikachu to get the treat and then come back to the Pikachu straight away. Uh, some dogs will leave the Pikachu behind altogether because they go, yeah, that's not that important. <laughs> I don't care that much for it. Um, my advice on that is don't pick up the Pikachu right away. Just take a couple of steps back when the dog reaches you and start eating the treat that you were counting on the ground. Take a couple of steps uh, away and start again from number one, two, three, and so on. When the dog reaches you again, you move away again and, and uh, restart the counting from that different place. Do it a few times until you know that the dog has left the Pikachu behind. It's long forgotten. It doesn't care for it anymore because you are so awesome. Keep leaving this little mountain of treats everywhere. And then you can uh, slowly and, and gently um, make your way towards the Pikachu where you carry on with that counting game. Every time you take a couple of steps, carry on with that counting game. Pick up the Pikachu, put it away and leave some, uh, some little treats um, instead of... Uh, the dead Pikachu in there, um, and that's it. Then you know the the game effect effectively can end as well because the dog has mm -hmm. forgotten about the Pikachu. You were so much more interesting with this counting situation. Um, uh, the dog would know that wherever you are, cool stuff happens. So you got reinforcement for recall as well, and getting the attention of your dog, and saving um, the Pikachu <laughs> or other stuff from uh, uh, from being eaten alive um so from you know, certain death from certain <laughs> death was sure um and also then you're not taking anything away from the dog so the dog doesn't have any reason to worry that you are you know you're a thief or whatever 
because they, you haven't you haven't taken it away. The dog has left it long ago. So I'm just picking up this bit of uh, yellow rubbish. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's a really good game. Um, one one uh, that I was told by a behaviourist friend of mine um, when I had a client with particularly energy-filled children. And um, we need the children were just the, the, the parent. I <laughs> he said, oh, no. The parent was like... Um, <laughs> I, I it's not possible for me to to like get the children to not always be running around like they are mm-hmm. they're just quite full-on yeah so my friend suggested teaching them a cooperative game with the puppy so what they were doing they make the children part of this this is also when the puppy's a little bit older so maybe the puppy's been home for six weeks um so 12 weeks plus type thing puppy needs to be a little bit older but just practice simple things like sit and focus exercises whilst getting at a little bit of a distance the kids to run past and and if the puppy remains focused and sits just keep feeding them treats you know you can even use a clicker if you want to then get the kids to run back past again but you know a step closer to you build it up slowly slowly so your puppy's not getting either overexcited or overly scared over the threshold we call that and build up to the kid, uh, the kids running pretty close past the puppy and the puppy thinking, I need to sit and focus on you. Because what this does is it desensitizes your puppy to running children because at the end of the day, children do run about, it happens. But it also makes it something positive. But it is important to do it slowly. Yeah. And we're talking over a period of weeks, not, not in a day, building up the puppy to having kids running past it. Or if your puppy does do really well and it's really food motivated and focused, practice it consecutively for weeks so that it becomes something that's really normalized but that you can make your kids a part of it quick kids now run you know and then and then maybe add in a few shouts and screams over time but quieter ones at a distance and, and get them to increase their volume and just making the puppy really used to these noises but slowly and carefully and cooperatively so the puppy's getting stuff that's really rewarding as a result when they focus on the adult oh, that's brilliant yeah yeah and I like to point out as well uh, what you said on uh, uh, that it does take time. And that goes for both sides, children and dogs. It, you know, we always expect too much too soon. And we should really take a step back and make sure that they both take the time that they need to learn. And then they'll learn properly. And then we'll all hopefully be good. I'm just trying to work out how long that would take to do with a border collie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old border collies. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. once you've had one, you've lost all your sanity. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, I mean, I can't believe it. I think we've done an hour. It's absolutely flown by. And I think that there's been some fantastic advice for our listeners that is going to be so, so helpful to people that either have children already are thinking about getting a puppy or maybe having a baby soon or maybe have children coming to visit and they're worried about it with their puppy you know there's some really 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 good tips and advice here from an absolute expert and specialist in the area so just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on today's episode um, it's a and pleasure. I think we might have to get you back for another one because <laughs> I think we're loyal. Yeah. There's, there's still lots there's more to still so much to cover. Um, oh, we can look into the teenagers as well. And yeah. there's a whole new world. Yeah, that's definitely going to have to be another episode. <laughs> 
Um, but listeners, if you've got any questions that you've got for us on today's topic, you can obviously get in touch with all of us. Um, we can always cover questions in an upcoming episode. If Debbie would like to come back on, I'm sure we can answer Absolutely. them then. Um, yeah, yeah. But as always, you can contact us on our Instagram and social media handles. So I am at Canine Friend UK. Jay is now at Good Guardianship on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, find me through that on both of those. Or alternatively, you can find me at Blue Mole Minion everywhere. Yeah. So Jay's on everything everywhere with Twitter included. <laughs> I'm not TikTok. That's the one I don't do is TikTok. Ah, uh, see, I am on TikTok, but TikTok's a dark place. So that's <laughs> a conversation for another, another day. Um, Debbie, <laughs> let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you. If they've got any questions or they wanted to see a bit more about your offering, let us know how best to get in touch. So you can go on our website, uh, kidsarounddogs.co.uk. There's lots of information there and also some free resources. Um, also really good for resources and getting in touch is our uh, Facebook group, uh, KAD, Kids Around Dogs. We are also on Insta, uh, CAD, Kids Around Dogs. We are on Twitter, Kids Around Dogs. <laughs> um, we are on TikTok, although I'm, I'm a bit pathetic on, Twitter, on, on TikTok. I say there are like three videos, so not, not much in there, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, so we are, yeah, we're effectively everywhere. Um, and if you go to be fair, if you go on the website, kidsarondogs.co.uk, um, there you can also find ways to reach us on, on other social media. But uh, don't be shy whether you are a, a pet parents with children or not that would like to um, to help or to, to would like to um, talk to one of our approved professionals. You can find your local one through the website. And if you can't find it, get in touch with me and I'll help you out. Uh, or if you are a pet professional and would like to become a CAD approved pet professional, um, you can again get in touch uh, through the website, kidsarondogs.co.uk, and uh, we'll have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks Thank for you. myself and Jay uh, for coming on. And thanks, listeners, for listening. And we'll see you next week.